Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. United States and Colombia conduct anti-submarine warfare exercises in Caribbean Sea. U.S. recommends Americans in Russia leave immediately. Africans say Ukraine's authorities hinder them from fleeing. Exxon defends throwing limited insurance coverage to Guyana. Regional leaders call for elimination of roaming charges in CARICOM. Caribbean Travel Marketplace is coming to Puerto Rico, and Olympic body calls for Russia to be excluded from sports. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, March 1st. We start our report today with a look at warfare exercises in the Caribbean Sea. The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that the Virginia-class fast attack submarine USS Minnesota and the Freedom Variant Littoral Combat Ship USS Billings conducted a bilateral anti-submarine warfare training exercise in the Caribbean Sea with the Colombian Navy between February 27 and 28. Minnesota and Billings were joined by three Colombian Navy submarines and Colombian helicopters and maritime patrol aircraft. At the start of the exercise, the ships took advantage of their close proximity to conduct maneuvering drills and test communications by conducting a photo exercise. Units then dispersed to practice various elements of bilateral anti-submarine warfare. Forces conducted different events to train in detection and tracking, analysis and classification, and simulating attacks of targets at varying depths and conditions. The exercise served as a joint exercise with Colombia, with both countries trading expertise with each other to maximize communication and understanding of one another's shared tactics and procedures to facilitate conducting naval operations against emerging threats in the region. This bilateral engagement afforded the opportunity for both navies to improve inoperability and demonstrate their ability to communicate, navigate, and operate together at sea. Minnesota is conducting a home port shift from Gorton, Connecticut to Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Billings is deployed to the U.S. Fort Fleet Area of Operations to support Joint Interagency Task Force South's mission, which includes counter-illicit drug trafficking in the Caribbean and Eastern Pacific. U.S. Naval Forces Southern Command, U.S. Fort Fleet supports U.S. Southern Command's joint and combined military operations by employing maritime forces in cooperative maritime security operations to maintain access, enhance inoperability, and build enduring partnerships in order to enhance regional security and promote peace, stability, and prosperity in the Caribbean, Central, and South American region. Barbados Today reports that the United States recommended on Monday that Americans in Russia leave immediately following the invasion of Ukraine. U.S. citizens should consider departing Russia immediately via commercial options still available, said the State Department, which had previously urged U.S. citizens not to travel to Russia. The U.S. State Department warned that options for getting out of Russia are dwindling quickly as international sanctions bite, including many countries, have closed their airspace to Russian carriers. The U.S. government's ability to provide routine or emergency services to U.S. citizens in Russia is severely limited, the statement said. In related news, the New York Times reports that in the years leading up to the Russian invasion, 
Poland had taken a hard line on migrants trying to enter their country. The report states that the army and border guards have pushed asylum seekers from the Middle East and Africa back into Belarus. Last week, aid organization said a 26-year-old man from Yemen froze to death at the border. Some of the foreigners arriving in Poland from Ukraine over the past few days were exhausted and freezing, according to local aid organizations on the ground. Some were taken directly to hospitals because of their injuries. Ahmed Habui, a 22-year-old French-Tunisian medical student, said all foreign nationals, including Africans, Israelis, Canadians, and Americans, were told to go to one gate at the Medica crossing from Ukraine to Poland, which would only process four people every couple hours, while Ukrainians were allowed to pass freely through another gate. A Ghanaian medical student said he saw the same discrimination at the crossing from Ukraine into the Romanian town of Siret. One rule for Ukrainians and another for everyone else. Thousands of foreigners, including Zambians, Namibians, Moroccans, Indians, and Pakistanis, were directed to one gate that was mostly closed, while another served for Ukrainians was open and people flowed through. Over three hours, four or five foreigners were allowed to leave, while there was a massive influx of Ukrainians crossing, he said. It is not fair, he said, but we understood that they have to see their people first. Crider News reports that head of ESSO Exploration and Production Guyana Limited, Alastair Rutledge, on Monday sought to defend the size of the insurance policy provided by ExxonMobil subsidiary, which has been the operator of the oil-rich Straber block since 1999. ExxonMobil Guyana Chief Executive Officer Alastair Rutledge, in his commentary on the need for ExxonMobil Corporation, the parent company of Esso Exploration and Production Guyana Limited, to formally agree that it will handle all costs above and beyond what cannot be met by Esso Exploration and Production Guyana for an unmitigated oil spill from its operations. In a statement to the press, Rutledge did not confirm or deny that Exxon Corporation has a moral and legal obligation to ensure that it protects the environment and the citizens of the countries its subsidiaries operate in. He did, however, defend the U.S. $2 billion insurance coverage Esso Exploration and Production Guyana Limited is providing to Guyana. Rutledge is of the view that the size of the policy is in keeping with international industry standard. Rutledge assured as well that for every project in Guyana, Esso Exploration and Production Guyana Limited has put in place mitigation and processes that help to prevent adverse events by utilizing the best technologies, equipment, and people in their operations. The Crider News article reports that Esso Exploration and Production Guyana Limited made the same claim prior to the LISA Phase 1 project coming on stream when it did 
The vessel's gas compressor was subsequently plagued with a series of mechanical issues, which led to over 14 billion standard cubic feet of gas being burnt. This form of environmental pollution has been taking place from December 2019, when oil production started, to now. The company has pledged to have the said issues fixed by mid-year and bring an end to the toxic pollution to the nation's airspace. The article states that despite much feelings, Rutledge is still asking the Guyanese citizenry to trust that the limited liability company he leads is capable of handling all the fiscal implications of an oil spill, should it occur. He was keen to know that insurance is just one source of financial assurance that could be leveraged for response activities, while adding, the value of insurance will not limit the company's ability to respond to an event, and response activities would certainly not be delayed by discussions with insurers. In addition, Rutledge said, Esso Exploration and Production Guyana Limited is working with the Environmental Protection Agency and its co-venturers, Hess Corporation and CNOC Group, to put in place a combined U.S. $2 billion of affiliate company guarantees. Rutledge stressed that this value exceeds equivalent guarantees required by regulators in Canada, the United States, and United Kingdom. The Esso Exploration and Production Guyana Limited had also denied that there was any previous agreement for insurance valuing $2.5 billion U.S. billion with a previous Guyanese EPA administration. Antigua Newsroom reports that despite agreeing to lower intra-regional roaming rates and fees, CARICOM heads of government and telecom providers believe more needs to be done to improve service delivery. CARICOM heads of government joined with telecommunication providers Flow and Digicel at the signing of the Declaration of St. George towards the reduction of intra-CARICOM roaming charges in the capital of Grenada. Dubbed as a historic historic agreement, the declaration will result in the decrease in charges by as much as 70% and will allow customers to enjoy seamless mobile cellular services, including voice, SMS text, and data. According to Curly Prescott, Vice President, South Caribbean Cable and Wireless Communications, we have taken this first transformational step to provide our valued CARICOM customers with significantly reduced roaming packages across the region, which deliver simple, consistent, and transparent rates and overall reduction in customers' charges and eliminate the shock of receiving exorbitant bills. Notwithstanding the reduced charges, Prime Minister of Grenada, Dr. Keith Mitchell, and Prime Minister Mia Motley of Barbados both highlighted that CARICOM leaders were committed to the complete elimination of roaming charges altogether. In the same vein, Prime Minister Motley, who joined virtually from Barbados, said, Despite the gains achieved in the declarations, we are short of our destination to eliminate roaming completely. Data bridges are absolutely critical and more so as a result of the pandemic. We need to keep connectivity going. Data, information, and connectivity must be cheap, 
must be available, must be fast, she continued. The Barbados Prime Minister further assorted that since CARICOM achieved the signing of the agreements with Digicel Group and CWC as a singular organization within pursuits of the single market, the body needs to also move to have a single ICT regulatory framework within the economic trade bloc. In signing the Declaration of St. George, both Digicel and CWC have committed to advancing the implementation of the fundamental elements of the vision and roadmap for the CARICOM single ICT space. Additionally, they agree to establish harmonized regulatory environments in all CARICOM member states, improving overall customer experience by providing greater regional connectivity, improving the ease of doing business in the telecoms and ICT sectors, and developing policies that encourage investments and lessen the financial burdens on operators. The rollout of the reduced roaming costs will be preceded by a period of public awareness campaigns and the streamlining and the implementation of technical changes. Digital Journal reports that the University of Health Services Antigua and Royal Crown Academy School confirm an agreement that gives students a direct path to attend medical school in the Caribbean if they meet GPA and curriculum requirements. University of Health Sciences Antigua solidifies an agreement with the Royal Crown Academy School of Toronto that will put students who want to study medicine on a direct path to admittance at the Caribbean University. This agreement will require students to have a GPA of 2.5 or above and complete Royal Crown's full curriculum before consideration. Upon completion of requirements, students will be admitted to the pre-medical sciences program, which is the prerequisite for admission into the university's four-year medical doctorate program. This agreement is monumental for students committed to studying medicine, especially for a student body like Royal Crowns, which has a large international population. Students graduating from Royal Crown Academic School in 2022 will be eligible for the pre-med program. For more information, visit uhsa.ag or royalcrownschool.com. The Caribbean Journal reports that the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association's Caribbean Travel Marketplace is making a comeback. The popular industry event is set to return in October in San Juan, Puerto Rico, after having to be canceled last year amid the pandemic. A virtual version was held in its place. This year's marketplace is set for October 3rd to 5th. The COVID-19 pandemic has resulted in significant pent-up desire for fellowship with regional colleagues and business connections from North America, Latin America, Europe, Asia, and elsewhere, said Nicola Madden-Gregg, president of the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association. Over the past two years, there have been numerous changes across our destinations, which have added new products and services. Many hotels and attractions have undergone major renovations, so this will be the time to find out in great detail all that the Caribbean now has to offer in one setting. 
This year's event comes as the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association is celebrating its 60th anniversary. Marketplace will provide traditional and new buyers from across all segments and representing varied specialties with a distinct opportunity to explore the wide range of offerings of Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association's 33-member destination as they connect with numerous Caribbean travel suppliers, said Vanessa Ledesma, acting CEO and Director General of the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association. Caribbean bookings in 2022 have been encouraging today said the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association, pointing to the need to maintain and grow business in 2023, the organization said. And finally, My View News reports that in a sweeping move to isolate and condemn Russia after invading Ukraine, the International Olympic Committee urged sports bodies on Monday to exclude the country's athletes and officials from international events. The International Olympic Committee said it was needed to protect the integrity of global sport competitions and for the safety of all participants. The decision opened the way for FIFA, the governing body of soccer, to exclude Russia from a World Cup qualifying playoff match on March 24th. Poland has refused to play the scheduled game against Russia. The Olympic body's call also applied to athletes and officials from Belarus, which has abetted Russia's invasion by allowing its territory to be used to station troops and launch military attacks. The International Olympic Committee said it acted with a heavy heart, but the impact of war on Ukrainian sports outweighed the potential damage done to athletes from Russia and Belarus. It was not a total blanket ban by the International Olympic Committee. Where exclusions was not possible on short notice for organizational or legal reasons, then teams from Russia and Belarus should compete as neutral athletes with no national flag, anthem, or symbol, including at the upcoming Winter Paralympics in Beijing. The International Olympic Committee also withdrew the Olympic order it gave to Vladimir Putin in 2001 and other Russian officials since. Sports bodies across Europe had already moved against Russia on Monday by refusing to host or play against teams from the country. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, March 1st. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.